0: I've always wondered what it means to live in the moment, or at least to achieve that state of being on a consistent basis. The reality is that I'm not very good at being present. The good news, though, is that both of my guests today have made a documentary that attempts to answer some of life's most challenging questions, including how we can tap into our own lives in the here and now. This is The 5am Miracle, episode number 369. Chasing the Present with James Sebastiano Jr. and Mark Waters. Good morning, I am Jeff Sanders and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. My guests today are two filmmakers whose latest documentary, Chasing the Present, is a fascinating deep dive into introspection, self-awareness, and a lot of meditation. James Sebastiano Jr. is the subject and producer of the film and Mark Waters is the director And now, here's my interview with James and Mark. So let's just begin today with the story behind the film, Chasing the Present, which is an excellent movie. Um, I watched it recently, and there's a lot to dig into with this movie. So I want to just start with the story itself of what was the, I guess, the impetus for wanting to make this film.
1: Well, it started out kind of... um it started out, I mean, it's always funny, you know, people always ask this question, and every time someone asks it, I get confused and I don't know where to start. (laughs) It's like, do I start when I was three? Do I start when I was five? Do I start, you know, where do I start in my life? But I guess a good place to start is just right before the film started. And, you know, personally, I was struggling a lot in my life, and and I woke up one day with some free time, you know, I finished just, just finished a project that I was working on, and I just woke up with this kind of burning sensation in myself that I needed to make a film with Mark. And um, so I messaged him. I said, hey, Mark, I don't know what this is, but I have this really strong feeling that we need to make a film together. And Mark said, okay, uh, what what about? And I was like, I, I, I don't know that part yet. I just know we need to do it. And he said, okay, cool, uh, I'm in. And he came to, to Bali where I was living at the time and we started brainstorming on, you know, ideas for what the film could potentially be about. And we started kind of looking around and making a short list of people that maybe we could have as the main character in the film, because at that time it wasn't, you know, it wasn't the idea that I would even be in the film. I was just going to work with Mark to, to, to make it and put it together. But, you know, shortly after that, a couple months, say maybe one or two months down the road, I was really struggling and, you know, I was going through panic attacks and I was super stressed out and disconnected and and just overwhelmed with the amount of work and the amount of projects that I was taking on. And I think, you know, we looked at each other and Mark said, Hey, what about you? You know, would you do this? Would you be willing to, to be the guy, you know, who's in the film and, and who looks into his stuff like for real, would you really be able to go deep and, and do this? And I said, yeah, you know, I think I would. And, um, and then, you know, we kind of flipped the script in terms of just solely wanting to make a film that would help other people to, Trying to understand the the mental suffering that that we were going through, or that you know specifically that I was going through, and um, just show that in a real, authentic way, with the hopes that if we were able to do that, that maybe it would inspire other people to want to look um, at their own life and see how they could possibly grow as well.
0: Yeah. In terms of, I guess, the, the the mental suffering, you mentioned the panic attacks. I mean, I, I discussed on, on my podcast before that I had a series of panic attacks that sent me to the ER. And so I've been down a similar road to, uh, to a certain degree. And so I'm just curious for you, like, what do you think was like the cause of the anxiety? Or what do you think was really like the issue you were trying to solve?
1: You know, it's really hard to know what the cause of anxiety is, because there's so many things that happen. You know, I, I have a degree in psychology, and I'm at the moment, studying further, working a master's in that and stuff like that. And there's so many things that could have happened in my childhood, you know, when I was small. And also, of course, when I was, you know, 15, I got stung by a wasp and I, my heart stopped and I had to go to the emergency room and they gave me an adrenaline needle. You know, that was actually like, after that happened, I really felt anxiety come in my life in a big way. And that was when I was about 15. So I think whether that was the sole thing or whether that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back, I don't really know, but it was, when I look back on it, I always think of like, I really started having these panic attacks when I was like 15 or 16 years old. So for me, that was the main catalyzing event, I think.
0: So in the movie, with this, There's a lot that you discuss in the film in terms of trying to kind of go through a process to work through like what's happening and how do we address it? Like, what do you think has been helpful for you over the years in terms of uh, dealing with anxiety directly or in terms of healthy habits? Or what do you think has been kind of an effective protocol to to get to a healthier place?
1: Well, for me personally, and Mark can can speak on that as well, because his life was also really, really um, improved. Uh, through the you know through the making of this film, but for me, pros, you know personally, um, you know meditation is such a huge thing. You know meditation, and in the film, we we touch on self inquiry, and um, you know we also did ayahuasca, and, and we did so many things. So again, it's really hard to say like this one thing, you know, helped me with my anxiety. But it's it's more of a holistic approach, you know. But what I can say is that you know prior to even during the filmmaking process. Halfway through the filmmaking process, I was still having panic attacks regularly. And you know, Mark was there with me in the car when he saw that I couldn't even drive, and I had to lay down in the back seat of the car because it was just like I couldn't even I couldn't even look out the window in the car. I remember at one point I was laying down in the back seat, just like really losing it. And that was just before we went to Peru to to do the ayahuasca. But what what I can say is when I look back on it, and in my daily practice that I that I have going at the moment. Meditation is really key in self-inquiry and and just even a basic meditation is super key because for me, meditation allowed me to have distance from my thoughts. And I think that's such a powerful thing. And, And it really, really helped me so much with my anxiety because it helped me realize that I'm more than my thoughts, that I'm not just my thoughts. And for me, anxiety was a very physical thing. So I would feel it in my body. You know, my chest would go numb, my face would go numb. My heart would race, I'd have a hard time breathing, and then my mind would come in somewhere in that process and start saying, oh my God, what's happening? Am I gonna die? Blah, 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 blah. And if I was completely identified with my thoughts, it would turn into a panic attack. But once I realized that I'm more than that, that I'm more than just my thoughts, I kind of um, developed the ability to be able to watch that. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait a second, I'm not my thoughts. What are these things? And then I started to watch that. And and the more and more I connected from that place of the witness, the less and less the anxiety had hold over me.
0: Well, that's powerful. Uh, and Mark, what about your experience?
2: Yeah, I think uh, just to add to, to what James is talking about, um, I think the thing with the thoughts is um, really kind of looking at what they are. And uh, when you start to uh, kind of go down a road of self-inquiry and you really start looking into the mechanics of your mind, you start to see that your thoughts are really just beliefs, you know, stories that have been sort of laid into you throughout your life. Um, They're not necessarily things that were were given to you since birth. Um, You know, they've just sort of built up throughout the years. And uh, we begin to identify with those stories and we believe in the stories. So it's really, really about, you know, we really believe the thoughts that are going on in our head. But when you can actually see them for what they are, it really changes um, the relationship that you have with them. When you see they're not yours you know you didn't just like come up with these thoughts on your own um you know we've we are affected by so many different elements in our life um whether it be our culture or our families or or whatever but these thoughts are just like a big combination of the life that's really happened to us um since birth so i think really changing the relationship that we have with the thoughts rather than um identifying with them is, is such an such a powerful part of the process and uh, and again, like like James like James mentioned, for me throughout this process, the one thing really that uh, had a mega shift on me was was self inquiry um, and really looking at um, at you know what's really going on in the mind and kind of seeing these types of things. And um, self inquiry in its own, it really has a way to 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 provide you with a deep recognition that really changes everything about the way you see the world um, because you don't see yourself as this package of, of thoughts. Um, and sensations and you know we have these personalities which have just grown throughout the year uh, but they're always changing but there was something there that was essential before this personality came into shape so I think when we can break the limitations that we have of these you know these personalities that have become so fixed and um, we really become more fluid with life and uh, we, we kind of tune into to the natural flow as opposed to be so rigidly sort of attached to you know, our likes and our dislikes and, and and our needs for things to be going a certain way.
0: So when you say self-inquiry, both of you mentioned this now, and I'm curious, like, are you talking about specifically just looking into yourself to ask, like, why do I feel these feelings or how do I get beyond this? Or what what kind of process are you going through to learn more about yourself? I mean, um, self-inquiry in its um, tradition is really about looking for the eye
2: you know, the I that's at the root of all of our thoughts, um, you know, because, you know, every thought we have, there's an I there, like I'm hungry, I'm tired, I am this, I'm that. But instead of really putting much focus onto the I, we put the focus onto the actual I am the thought, you know, with the focus is always on the on the, on the the thing. So this really looks directly at what this I is, you know, what it's made of. And, um, and you know, it's really an inquiry to see really what that is. Um, what's at the what's at the root of that eye? Um, but as a more, I guess, um, layered looking at self inquiry, it really is. Once once you really start going down that road, um, it's just about everything. Really about how the how the mind operates. Um, you know, really observing what's going on. You know, our reactions, um, the the feelings in the body. You know, it's it's everything. It's really looking deeply at what's going on. Um, because I think we can quite easily go our whole lives without even looking into those things. Um, we get so caught up in the day-to-day um, and, you know, in our own desires that we really overlook, you know, the fundamental thing about ourselves, which actually makes life possible. So um, it's a very deep, deep search, um, but it can be the most interesting exploration you can really embark on. And, and it has been for me. It really it really has been such an interesting curious investigation um, you know, just learning more about, you know, why we do the things we do and uh, is there ways that we can sort of break free from some of those negative aspects of, of, of those things.
0: What if in 2024, you got a little bit better every day. When you're learning a new language with my sponsor Babbel, That's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, plus all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com 5 a.m., Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now, James, you mentioned meditation, and I like the the idea behind wanting to spend more time kind of just thinking or or trying to not think whatever the process is. That's kind of my question. When you are meditating, what is the intention behind that practice? Like what is there a specific way that you're trying to do it uh, to reduce anxiety or, or what's the real kind of methodology behind the way you meditate?
1: there's so many different styles and approaches. And I think all of them have value in their own way. And, you know, if anybody ever asked me what kind of meditation they used to do, I just say, try as many as you can and just do the one that you like the most. Because, you know, if we like it, we'll, we'll tend to stick with it, you know. Um, but for me personally, a lot of times I have a super active mind. And um, so I'll start off with a little bit of breathing, where for the first five minutes or so, I'll just breathe slowly and you know, as long as our exhales are longer than our inhales, our nervous system slows down and we just naturally become more calm. Our heart rate slows. So whether that be two seconds in and four seconds out or three seconds in and six seconds out or whatever, we start to slow down and begin more calm. Then after I'm done with that, after I'm done breathing, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't stop breathing. But after I'm done with like focusing on that breathing technique, um, you know, I just sit there and thoughts come up and I just, you know, just allow them to be there and then they they go away. And of course, sometimes thought comes up about, you know, I don't know, what are you gonna eat for dinner later? And then you play in that fantasy world of thought, right? And you're like, oh, I don't know, maybe I'm gonna go here, maybe I'm gonna make this, or maybe I'm gonna meet with Mark and go have dinner, you know? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh wait, the thoughts got me, you know? And then you just relax into it again and you just sit there and just connect with yourself and allow the thoughts to come and allow the thoughts to go. And for me, that's basically the practice.
0: So what do you think that you gain from that practice? I mean, I know from my own experiences doing similar things, it does kind of slow down my mind. What are you trying to achieve when you meditate?
1: I don't sit down and and try to achieve anything. It's more like and if I had to put it into words, you know, to, to answer your question, I guess it's it's I guess I'm trying to achieve a deeper connection with my ultimate self, with my true self. A deeper, you know, realization of, of of what I really am. And um and, and how it's helped me, um, like you you first asked, it's helped me completely with my anxiety because that same process of when I was having a panic attack, my thoughts coming up and then me connecting with those thoughts and allowing myself to freak out is exactly what we train ourselves to do during meditation. We train ourselves how to deal with those moments. So for me, meditation is not just about the five minutes or one hour that I spend in the morning. It's about all the rest of the time as well, you know, because that's the time where we really need it. You know, when your partner does something that you might not agree with, and you're just about to react, but you're able to watch that thought come up instead of react, then you know it's working. You know, when you're about to have a panic attack and your mind is freaking out, like red alert, red alert, what's happening, am I gonna die, blah, 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 blah. And instead of participating in that drama, being able to watch that drama arise and being able to watch it go away, because it does go away. You know, it goes away, just like clouds in the sky. They come and they pass and they leave. They don't stay there forever. And and that's really, um, I think for me, the key and, and what meditation has really done for me in my life.
0: And Mark, what about you? Do you also uh, meditate?
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't have I don't have a um, specific daily practice. I go, I kind of it's it's in my it's in my uh, tool bag for sure, um, but it's not necessarily something that I strictly do every day. Um, but again, like James, uh, trying to look at life more as if it's as if it's a meditation. Um, you know, as much as possible, be really um, just more aware of of really what's going on as opposed to being caught. You know, because. I think really that has a lot to do with um, why we why we are feeling the way we are. You know, from a from a psychological and mental health perspective, is uh, is that we've just gotten so trapped in um, in our minds. So to be more consciously aware of of what it is that we're doing, more consciously aware of what's happening around me um, and in, and inside of me as well. And um, it really just uh, you know just being more aware of of, of the beauty that's also unfolding um, around. You know, being noticing the small things really brings that much more joy into 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 my life, and uh, but that's something that's always been it's always been there. Really, is um, a deep love for for the world and and for nature. So um, I think I mean just definitely through doing chase in the present, it's it's uh, given me a deeper um, just it's kind of made that perspective deeper. You know, even more conscious consciously aware of of what's going on. Um, and I think that in itself is just really, it's a beautiful thing. And, um, and I guess essentially one of, the, one of the key things with meditation is learning to really accept the natural flow of how things are, um, instead of needing it to be a certain way. Because when we really look at what's going on, we don't have much control. And uh, especially seeing these, these moments of COVID, um, it's a, it's a perfect, perfect example of everything going sort of normal for, for a long period of time. And then all of a sudden, everything shifts. And we didn't have any control over that. So being able to kind of um, slip back, you know, and, and uh, relax into life, as opposed to needing it to, uh, to to go your way all the time.
0: And now we'll pause here for just a moment to feature our amazing sponsors. Up first is Focus at Will. I use an amazing music service every day called Focus at Will. Focus at Will provides music tracks based on neuroscience that are designed to make your brain focus. The human brain has evolved to respond to the human voice, which means that any music that sounds like a person singing or talking is inherently distracting. Focus at Will has crafted their own music designed to keep your brain focused on the work right in front of you. I use Focus at Will every single day because it works so well. And on their website, they have a great questionnaire designed to match your personality and preferences with the best style of focus music for you. To learn more about this great productivity-based music service and to begin your free two-week trial, check out jeffsanders.com slash focus at will. That's jeffsanders.com slash focus at will. The 5 A Miracle audiobook is available now on Audible, Amazon, and Apple Books, It is full of specific how-to advice and action steps to help you wake up early, dominate your day, and achieve your life's grandest goals. It's four hours of energy-packed audio that's read by me. And the audiobook walks you step-by-step through the 5AM Blueprint, which is my seven-step productivity framework. Go to 5AMBook.com to get your copy of the 5AM Miracle audiobook today. Once again, that's 5AMBook.com. That's powerful. Uh, you guys mentioned plant medicines earlier and, and ayahuasca. And I'm curious as to what role does that play in terms of, I guess, trying to understand yourselves better or trying to uh, you know, recover from anxiety? Like what role does the, does something like ayahuasca play in all of this?
1: It depends on the person like and I think the most important thing with ayahuasca is to realize that it is really a medicine. You know, it's not a recreational drug that you just, you hear about and your friend's doing it on the weekend and you, oh yeah, I got nothing to do, so I'm going to go try some ayahuasca. I really don't feel like it should be viewed like that. I really feel like it's a sacred medicine um, that's been passed down for generations and generations and and it should really be viewed like that. You know, like if if you've tried all these other roots and nothing's working and you're still suffering and you really feel called to do it then maybe it's worth researching and exploring. But I would say only under that circumstance. But for me, um, I, ayahuasca's biggest lesson was really to learn how to let go. And, and, and as Mark said, to accept things as they are, which is really similar to meditation. It's just like a full power. You know, it's like meditation on steroids. You know what I mean? Where you're just like fully in this thing for hours and hours and it's bringing up, Really, 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 for me anyway, very difficult moments where I had the opportunity to choose do I fight this, what's happening right now, or do I just relax into it? And I had three, well, specifically one really, really, really hard experience, one and a half before I was able to have that breakthrough and realize like I'm not in control. I can't control this thing. I really need to surrender and let go to it completely. And when I was able to do that, the whole experience changed and just became the most ex- beautiful experience I've ever had. But it was because I was able to let go and surrender. So after that, I took that into my life and it took me a year or two before I fully integrated that experience completely. And still, sometimes I have these insights that come up and I'm like, Oh, that was also something from the ayahuasca experience, you know, but I think for me, the biggest lesson was really learning how to let go learning how to just be fully accepting of what's happening in the moment.
0: So are there other plant medicines that also have a similar effect or is this just this one that has that kind of powerful, you know, uh, end result?
1: No, I think lots of plant medicines have this effect. I was reading a paper yesterday, uh, like a scientific journal about psilocybin and, you know, MDMA and all kinds of other drug assisted therapy, you know, LSD, Johns Hopkins just last year got the biggest grant ever for psychedelic research and healing depression anxiety and ptsd so i think there's huge um there's there's huge amounts of research being being done at the moment to see if these things can actually be helpful and you know one of the studies that i read was talking about people with ptsd who are taking medicine on a daily basis you know after one dose of lsd done in a specific setting you know with a doctor blah blah blah, done all correctly um was able to take people off their medicine, like 80% of the people for up to six months. And some of them didn't even need to do LSD again. So just one time, you know, and, and I'm not recommending right now people go out and try plant medicines and stuff. I wanna be clear, like when I, you know, this this was a really scientific study and it was done with doctors and in a correct setting and all this kind of stuff. And all that stuff is very important. But I do think that, um, that, Plant medicines can have a can be a a very powerful teacher, Um, and it's also tricky because I know so many people who go down that road and then they end up taking plant medicines every weekend or once a month. and And I I don't feel like I, I I needed it like in that way. I feel like I don't have a calling that I need to go back and do it again right now. You know, maybe someday I will, but I think in general, you know, we have everything we need within ourselves, and and we actually don't even need to do that stuff. But at the same time, it can be very helpful.
2: I think as well, like ayahuasca, you know, it's such a non-conceptual thing, but trying to, trying to talk about it from a, a conceptual point of view, it's, it's still very much in line with pretty much all of the traditions. So they're all kind of doing the same thing, which is really getting you to recognize your ego and transcend it. And uh, ayahuasca has the power to really <laughs> sort of do that in a very abstract way and um, where you sometimes can't really even experience explain really what what your experience was like but it has some sort of um you know mega effect on your life whether it's overnight or or over a few years um but it's really I think one of them one of the main things that really gets spoken about with ayahuasca is you know the deeper experiences having this deep realization that we are one thing you know and it's like we've we've all yeah, I, I mean, me, me in particular. I always like that idea, you know, of like, oh, we're all one, we're all connected. It's, it sounded like a nice story, and uh, something that I, I felt. But I think through ayahuasca, really, it was like after that, it was like a there's no there's no questioning it. It was it's like it's like a, for sure, like we're definitely we're definitely one thing. And uh, how that affects us moving forward is it really makes you look at everyone as as yourself, you know? So why would you want to hurt anyone else, or why would you want to you know compete in a negative way with somebody else or you know when we can see ourselves and everyone and knowing that fundamentally we're the same um, it really gives you a whole lot more compassion empathy and and love and uh really i mean just that alone really has such a massive effect on on the way we view the world and and other people
0: So in terms of the film's I guess main objective with the the obviousness of the title Chasing the Present, what do you think it means to live in the present or to be present? Is that the goal that you're shooting for or is that something that only happens on occasion like what what does it mean to I guess to live it like that where the present moment uh, really is meaningful?
2: I think I mean this is this is something that's always been of interest to me um, and that's that's it's been in all my projects and really been a deep part of my life for as far back as I can remember. Um, and I think it really developed through spending a lot of time in nature as a kid and throughout my life, like i am a surfer, so it spent a lot of time in the ocean. And, uh, I don't know if that was it, but really it just gave me a, a good connection to that stuff. And, um, I think, you know, those, that term gets thrown around a lot these days, you know, the importance of being present and everyone's like, oh, I just need to be more present. Um, but I think not many, not many of us really understand what that is. Um, but I think from my perspective, you can't not be present. <laughs> You're always here, you know, it's, it's, you can't, you can't escape the present. Um, but it's just our thoughts that kind of get, um, it's, it's just our thoughts that really get lost in the past and and, and the future. So um, when the mind goes quiet, all you really have is, is now um, and you know, The future is just, you know, a thought that arrives in the mind when you think, what am I going to do tomorrow? Um, And or the past is, oh, I shouldn't have done that. You know, why why did I do that thing yesterday? But it all arrives right here, right now. So there is nothing but the present in terms of our experience. So we can only be present, um, but it's really just um, learning to, like we've been talking about, um, just Um, not be so immersed in those thought processes which are so deeply connected to you know the future and the past because essentially those thoughts are really what cause so much anxiety but when we can let go of it and really sort of sit back and and uh, be more in tune with what's happening now um, those things seem to kind of like um, evolve naturally and more organically and and more positively as opposed to kind of like really being so concerned about needing things to be a certain way in the future. Um, rather just sort of like there's some some sort of acceptance that has to happen where you, uh, connect more with what's going on now. And then through that, your future self really evolves in a way more, um,
0: I guess, peaceful manner for lack of better expression. And James, what about you in terms of of the present moment? What, what does it mean to you?
1: You know, it's a big, I think Mark nailed all the things that I was (laughs) going (laughs) to (laughs) say. Um, he's good at that, but I, but I think, um, you know, I, I just think of, of how we see it, you know, and I, I can think of growing up and I can think of many stories that I hear from other people where they're, you know, maybe they're with their family and they're sitting at the table and and on some level that's being present, right? It's physically present, but there's something more to that, you know, like when we're out with our friends and we're all just sitting on our phones with, with each other, like, yeah, we're there kind of, but are we actually there? Are we actually being present or when we're sitting with someone and, um, they're talking to us, but the whole time they're talking to us, we're thinking about what we're gonna have for dinner, or what we're gonna do afterwards, or what color their shirt is, or we're just not there. We're not in the moment with them, or at least it appears to be that way. So for me, be, like there's a, there's uh, there's synonymous like love and presence, you know, and there's so many other words as well that are synonymous with with presence but i really feel like that that's what it's all about is just this this being here in this moment accepting everything as it is and if we're able to be in that space it's it's medicine you know it's pure love it's it's pure medicine i don't know of any other stronger you know plants or practices or i don't know anything stronger than than really fully being in, immersed in the present moment and for me learning how to do that and of course it's a it's a practice right like We're present for a little while and then something comes up and then we're not present and then we become present again. It's this game of coming back and forth. And that's why meditation is such a good training for that, because it's exactly what happens throughout the day. Being able to be in the moment is, is and learning how to be able to be in the moment is actually the the whole purpose of living as far as I'm concerned.
2: Yeah, And I think it's also being present is just being yourself, you know, it's being your yourself, you know, without, you know, any of your other concerns. And I think you know to, to kind of just put that into a nutshell, it's we've all felt it um, in many different ways, and some people feel in nature. If you go into the woods or if you go to the ocean, you have those moments of just like where well, you just feel totally content. You know, there's nothing else that, that that you need. You feel totally aware of what's going on, totally grateful. There's a, there's there's something that's happening, and I think we can all we can all say in our lives we've experienced that, but it's actually having that in your day-to-day as well. So having that feeling, that experience um, in whatever you do. So whether it be working or sitting with your partner, having a meal, hanging out with your friends, it's that feeling of gratitude, that feeling of just being here, being present, or just being really, just the beingness of of life. Um, and it's, yeah, I think it's, I think because it's become such a big buzzword, we kind of feel like we need to do something else to do that, but it's it's right here all the time. We always have that opportunity to just to just be here and be grateful and and, um, and and it is difficult, you know, when we are anxious and we are depressed and we've got really hard, you know, got lots of things going on, but if we can just find, find ways to kind of hack into that, whether it be, you know, going for a run or doing some exercise or meditation or spending time outside, um, there's many ways to do it, but I think it's just finding what works for us to, uh, to kind of hijack the moment <laughs> with presence and, um, and learn, learn how to be in that more often and how to integrate that into to everything you do
0: yeah i love that that's fantastic stuff guys uh is there anything else from the film you want to mention i feel like we've hit some of the the big rocks here but is there anything else that you think that our listeners today should really hear about
1: no i just think um i think we covered it all really and well not all of it (laughs) but I, i think we covered a lot and um yeah, I just would love people to have the opportunity to see the film, and, and if they know anybody else that's struggling with any kind of mental health issues, if they feel inspired to do so, that they share it with others as well. And and to really speak about things, you know, one thing I learned from, from making this film is that by opening up, and by being raw, and by being authentic with my emotions, it really kind of, I don't want to say it in that way, but in a sense, it opened the door for others to be able to do the same thing. You know, every time we show the film, we have a group of people waiting to talk to us afterwards and then they just openly share about their stuff about their anxiety about their depression about their suicidal thoughts whatever it may be because I feel like a lot of us don't feel like it's okay to talk about that and maybe even more so for men I'm really getting reached out to by a lot of men at the moment because you know in the generation I grew up in when I was small it wasn't necessarily cool or okay for men to cry or to be able to feel their emotions or to be able to express what was going on so I feel like we we had a hard time doing that. And um, you know if I was gonna share anything, I would just say it's okay to share. It's important to share. It's it's 100% necessary to talk about what's going on inside of us. And it's 100% safe to do so as well if you do it with someone that you feel safe with, or if you do it with a therapist or a family member that you know can actually sit there and be there for you while you're sharing. So yeah, I just think that's a really important thing. Um, that I've realized throughout this, th- throughout the sharing of this film.
2: Yeah. And I think, I think as well, it's, um, I know, I know how difficult, you know, how, how difficult things can, can get for, for all of us. And, um, especially now we're going through a pretty, pretty wild time, you know, with, uh, I guess there are in America as well today with the elections and, you know, what's the next four years gonna, gonna be like. And, um, and COVID and everything else is—it like, seems like we're in a—we're in a point at the moment where mental health is really sort of hitting the hitting the bottom, you know, where a lot of people are really starting to feel it. And um, and because of this, I think it is more difficult for us to actually find ways to just be be here and uh, be more present with what's going on. And um, but I just really, from my own personal perspective, I just feel there's so much value in just finding ways to just really sort of get some sort of deeper. Um, way of experiencing life because I think you know for so many of us we're just really touching the surface of what's possible and um, there's just so much beauty you know to be to be experienced in in this in this world and it's so easy to look past it um, so yeah I just think it's it's just such a shame to to kind of miss out on 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 the wonders of life um, and yeah that's just you know talking from my own experience and I'm, I'm not somebody that I would like to pass on advice or, or feel like I know anything else than anyone else. Um, all I can do is talk from, from, from my own perspective. And, and from that perspective really does look at the world as a, as a very beautiful place to be in. And, uh, and it just really, really changes, changes everything.
0: Yeah. that's powerful stuff. I love it. Uh, so where can our listeners, uh, watch the film? How can they get access to it? Obviously I want them to, to experience as much as they can. So yeah, where, where should they go?
1: um they can go to itunes or vimeo or google play voodoo there's a whole bunch of different platforms that it's on um you can also check our website which is ChasingThePresent.com, or you can check us out on instagram it's chasing the film
0: Okay, perfect. I have all those links for our listeners this week in the show notes page. But uh, Mark and James, this has been excellent. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I think this topic and all the ones you brought up today are, are very, very important topics. And so I'm really honored to talk to you guys today. I think it's a great film. I want everyone to, to watch it. I think it's wonderful. So yeah, thanks again for being on the show today.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Jeff. It was really nice talking to you, man.
0: Yeah, thanks for having us, Jeff. Really appreciate it. And for that action step this week, of course, see the film Chasing the Present. You know, I'm a huge fan of documentaries, especially those that not only tell a great story, but also that challenge me to grow at the same time. And Chasing the Present does both. So if you want to dig into yourself with more introspection and awareness, while also tapping into the power of living in the now, this is a must-see movie. For all the links discussed this week, go to the show notes page at jeffsanders.com slash 369. And that's all I've got for you here on the show this week. Until next time, you have the power to change your life, and the fun begins bright and early.